Welcome to Entrepreneurs of Christ. This is a podcast for men of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who want to make more of their life. You have a dream within you that wants to come out. And oftentimes the challenge to actually act on that, act on those things, to honor those impressions, those desires that you have, is a lack of time, a lack of resources, a lack of confidence, those kinds of things that you know will help you move forward. Um, And a lot of my clients, a lot of people that I work with, they're either building a business, they're trying to create more time with their life, they're just trying to create more balance, uh, better their relationships, all those kinds of things. So today we're actually talking with a good friend of mine, Ben Pugh, who is a life coach and specifically works with parents of teenagers. There's lots of challenges in that kind of time, and he also works with teenagers, but our discussion goes not only into his story, and he's got an awesome experience of uh, setting a school bus on fire as a kid, as a teenager, and but what we go into that's really helpful and that you're going to learn a lot from is our conversation on the concept of be, do, have. You won't want to miss this because if you can understand this concept and apply it in your life, it will change everything. He also talks about a concept that he shares with his client that he just made up (laughs) that is actually really helpful. So I want you to tune in. I want you to listen up because all that we talk about is super impactful uh, for helping you to create change in your life. And you might also hear some snippets on how you can help your team. So with that, we will go into the interview with Ben Pugh. Hey, everybody. This is Tyson Bradley, and I'm here with my good friend, Ben Pugh. And he is another life coach, which is why we're such good friends. And But he has his own specific audience that he likes to help. And we're just going to dive into his story. You'll learn a little bit about him as we, as we chat about where he first started out in entrepreneurship and how his story has evolved to where he is now. But I'll go ahead and just ask Ben here kind of the the first question, which is when did you know you first wanted to be an entrepreneur? I think I've always kind of known. I didn't like working for other people. I kind of like to be my own boss, do my own thing. But there was one particular moment, like I had been in education for probably about five years at this time. And I was just finishing up one year at the local junior high school. And I was like, I do not like education. I would like to start my own business and teach the things that I think are important to teenagers. And I had started like listening to Pat Flynn and some of these other entrepreneurs. And I really had no idea what I was doing. And I paid Pat Flynn to go hang out with him for a day and do this business breakthrough. And I had no clue what I was doing. And they're like, yeah, you need to get a handle on what's going on. And from that moment, I can like put it on the back burner and a position to open up for me to be the high school principal at local school. And so I put all my entrepreneurial dreams on hold. And I went to be the principal. And I did that for about five years. And I was like, gosh, 
I just want to coach like that whole five years. I've been listening to Brooke Castillo's podcast and I'd be like coaching as my, as a principal. And I'd be telling people all this stuff and they'd be like, why don't you go teach these things? Why don't you be a coach? And after five years, there's some stuff that happened at work. And I was like, you know what? I think it is time for me to get out. And I left being the principal and I started my own business and kind of went on this windy roundabout journey. I started as a weight loss coach, then a coach for teens and a coach for parents of teens. And that's kind of where I've settled. I mostly coach parents of teenagers, mostly mothers of teens. And I'll take on the occasional teen client if it's really what I love. Like if we're talking about sports and athletics and you're a teenager, yeah, I'll take you. That's kind of my jam with teenagers. And then most of my clients are parents who are struggling with their knucklehead teenagers. And that's, I just, I love helping parents realize, oh, I can't control my teenager, but I can control me and how I parent. And so it's really been like a really long journey where I dabbled and I dabbled and I dabble on the side. And then when I quit being the high school principal, I went all in and we're about two years out from that now. And I have a viable, successful business where I provide for my family, helping parents of teenagers. So cool. Now, along your journey, because I feel like a lot of people dabble. I dabbled. It's like you kind of learn about something or you learn about a method of making money and it could be coaching. It could be any kind of form of business building. You know, I've heard of what, you know, Amazon affiliates, you have, you know, drop shipping, all sorts of kinds of ways to make money. And I feel like it starts as the learning, the dabbling. And then there's kind of a, I don't know if there was a point for you where you're just like, I want to make this happen. But it sounds like you kind of dabbled. You knew this was something you wanted to do in the high school principal phase. And then you said, now I'm going to commit. Was there a moment where you're just like, okay, I'm just going to make this happen? Yeah. So I had been the high school principal for five years. Really, probably the best principal the school had ever had. We took the graduation rate from... 55% up to 88% my last three years, took suspensions down from 200 a year down to about, I think my last two years, we had 20 and then 12 suspensions. So really good. And I got fired. I was working on the Ute Indian tribe. I am not Native American. And due to political and tribal politics, they fired me. And at the time, Other schools within the state are like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, we will hire you right now. Like, come work for us. And I had multiple schools out on the Wasatch Front wanting me to be their principal. And other schools wanted me to come help turn them around. And that's where I was at the point where I was like, like, I had already paid Brooke lots of money to become certified. My last year and a half as a principal I was a certified coach, but didn't do anything with it. And so when the job offers were coming in and people were like, yeah, stay in education, that's where I really started to explore. Like, do I want to do this? And if I want to be a coach, if I don't do it now, when will I? Because the truth is I loved my job as a principal on the reservation. Like 
I got to do my own thing. The state would try and enforce all their rules and the tribe would be like, no, we're a sovereign nation. We're going to do it this way. And I loved the freedom and everywhere else that I was going to go, I wouldn't have that freedom. And I decided, you know what? I'm going to go all in on coaching and I'm going to be my own boss and I'm going to have freedom. And that's probably when things started to change. That's when all of a sudden I couldn't just dabble. Like, no, I needed to figure this out so I could provide for my family. Yeah, that's so cool. Now, I know that, you know, for anyone starting a business, among the main challenges are uh, getting your first clients, being able to have the time to be able to manage all the things. And for you, were there any moments where you just learned some pivotal lessons of, hey, this is like, I'm starting to get some traction now with getting clients or, you know, maybe what were some hardships of getting your first clients and maybe what made the difference? Yeah. So I think the thing that made the difference is that in the beginning, I wasn't sold on myself. And Mm. if you are not sold on yourself as an entrepreneur, so I'm in the life coaching industry when I wasn't completely sold on myself as a coach and my ability to help people, it was really hard to get clients and to be a coach. And I believe for me, when I, I did a lot of the thought work that Brooke teaches and I did some other coaching and I shifted my attention. But when I really started focusing on, I can help people. And here's how I can. That's kind of when I got to the point of no return. Like, hey, like literally, I remember one time thinking, man, I'm only getting about one consultation a week. If I want this to be a viable business, I need to have lots of consultations a week. And I put my attention there and I would ask myself quality questions like, hey, how do I get more consultations? How do I get in front of more people? And When I believed in myself, that was easy because, oh, these people need help and I can help them. Mm -hmm. And so for anyone looking to start out, I believe in the journey. I think in our culture, we maybe put too much focus on the overnight success and we don't pay attention to people until they Mm -hmm. kind of skyrocket, but it really is a process. And I'll tell you about me. Like I started in the beginning as a weight loss coach and I was like, oh, this will be a quick, easy way to make money. I'm not passionate about weight loss. And I would try other things. I'd be like, oh, but rather than looking at that as, oh, I failed here. No, I figured out some really good information early on. Like, I'm glad I'm not still doing weight loss coaching and dreading it. So kind of dive into the process, be willing to be in the process and consciously place your attention on you and how you can make it work. Your brain is like Google and what you look for, your brain is going to show you what it's found. It's constantly trying to prove your beliefs right. And if you choose to look for, hey, how can I help people? What am I good at? Your brain's going to show you all these things and now you can just apply them to helping people. Yeah, I love that. You mentioned the idea of just like thought work. You did some thought work, but uh, you know, in the end, it was just about kind of like believing in yourself. Is there anything that you would recommend for those that don't understand maybe the concept of thought work? How would you describe that to someone? 
Yeah. So you and I are both certified through the life coach school and right. a lot of life coach school coaches are like, Oh, the model, it's the only way I love the model. It's one of many tools right now. It's like one of my favorites along with another favorite of mine, which is called the be do have model, which I learned from Jim Fortin. So right now what I'm teaching to parents is a lot about developing some awareness around your thoughts. And I think one thing, especially us as coaches, we're guilty of once we learn that, oh, what I think creates how I feel, we just want to go right in there and we want to change what we're thinking. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I'll just stop thinking this. Like when I think, oh, I can never make my business work. I feel doubt. I'll just stop thinking that. And that served me for a long time. It really helped me. Like I honestly, I was a phenomenal principal and it was because of the model and my ability to do that. But after a while, I got to the point where I was like, some of these thoughts are still coming back. Like I'm not good enough. I can't do this. And when I took it a step deeper to gain some awareness around those thoughts, like not simply awareness, what are the thoughts and what could I be thinking instead, but awareness of what are these thoughts? Why do I think that? Why are these so persistent? Where did I pick these up? And I started realizing the way we think determines our way of being in life. And what we think about and where our attention is, that creates our reality or in the model that creates your results. And as I gained awareness, I was like, okay, why do I think this? Where do these thoughts come from? That awareness empowered me to not simply change the thoughts, but to completely understand them and then have power over whether I was going to continue focusing on them or not. So I'll give you an example. Um, When I was 13, I accidentally lit my school bus on fire with rubber cement. This is one of the stories that I tell parents all the time, just to kind of give them hope. Like, hey, your team can mess up and they can still be okay. Like I lit a school bus on fire and I went on to be a very respected, successful high school principal. But I'll tell you in that moment, I started adopting some of the thoughts and subconscious beliefs of the people around me. I remember church leaders saying, hey, you will never be able to serve a mission because we don't send arsonists out to represent the church, which by the way, like Christ loves having an arsonist represent him because he's like, look, if I can help him, he let a school bus on fire. You have never done that. If I can help him, I can help you. But I started adopting these beliefs of, hey, you're not good enough. You can't do this. And when I developed awareness in my own business, like, why do I think I'm not good enough? Why do I think I can't do that? It's like, oh, of course you think that. When you were 13 and you made this big mistake, you thought that somehow impacted your value and that Mm -hmm. that made you not good enough. And as I developed my awareness, I realized, wait a second, lighting a school bus on fire, that is what made me such a powerful principal because I had a different perspective. Like I refused to suspend kids because I knew, hey, this doesn't do any good. There's other ways we can help. And by developing that awareness around my thoughts and my beliefs, I was able to change the narrative and my interpretation. And 
so for any of you guys that are tempted, like, you know, the model and you're like, sweet, I can just change out my thoughts and it's magic. Take it to the next step and really develop some awareness. Why do I think this way? Where did I pick it up from? And once you do that, your brain is simply a search engine. Like all it's ever doing is trying to find what you're looking for and trying to prove you right. So if you think I'm not good enough, your brain's like, yeah, like remember that thing you did last week that completely sucked? You're not good enough. It's just finding what you're looking for. Right. But as you develop awareness, you can change the narrative and you can start thinking, well, how does this make me good enough? And then your brain's like, yeah, remember when you lit the school bus on fire and this kid's in trouble and you are the only one who can help them because of this experience. All it does is it changes the narrative you and know, it changes where you place your focus with your thoughts. You know, um, I feel like I've also been learning about just different ways. And, and for a recap of the model is just we have circumstances in life. We have these facts that happen in life. And then we get to choose what our thoughts are about them. Yeah. Circumstances, you have thoughts. The thoughts create your feelings. The feelings drive your actions. The actions create your results. That's kind of how the model works. And when you just start to build that awareness of, okay, if my thoughts are inevitably creating my results, it's helpful to start paying attention to them. But what you're talking about and what I have found too is that many of the thoughts that we think today, they were like set in stone, like the subconscious ones, the ones that we don't really see because they're just yeah. going on in the behind the scenes. Those occurred in our childhood. Those occurred, like there is no filter between the ages of like one and seven. Like you just accept whatever your parents tell you and whatever teachers tell you. So if they say, you're not good at writing or you're not good at art or they make some offhand comment or it's like, oh, that looks nice, but you can pick up on it as a kid. And you're just like, yeah. she doesn't think that looks nice at all. I'm a horrible artist. I'll never draw again. And it's just fascinating. Other people, you might reflect back on when your first grade teacher, and this is like an example of my wife, it's like her first grade teacher said, you're a great writer. And, and she hung on to that belief. And she still hangs on to it and she's writing a book. Yeah. And so if you change whatever narrative, if you just reflect back on, if we put this in a really practical way, my guess would be, okay, let's just ask some questions. One question, you know, well, I think first step is awareness. I don't know if you'd agree yeah. with that, Ben, but just like starting to become aware of, you know, what am I thinking about my ability to build a business? And where do those thoughts come from? Literally, where did you first start believing that? And why? Like, explore both of those. Yeah. Anything else that you'd say? I was like, okay, if we were to just list out these steps, what, what would you recommend? Yeah. So I actually, it's interesting that we're talking about this. In my parenting program that I just started this week, Yeah, I teach this concept of awareness before intentionality. And in my podcast, like I have one episode that's awareness before intention. And then the next episode is intention after awareness. When I was a high school principal, one of my friends was a science teacher and he was telling me about this thing called the observer effect. And when human beings observe things, things change. Like even like scientific experiments where they have covered everything and just the act of them observing it for some reason changes the outcome. And he's like, yeah, it's called the observer effect. 
I believe there's something called the awareness effect. And I'll give you an example when it comes to weight loss. I used to coach on weight loss. People are like, man, I want to weigh less. I'm not happy where I'm at. They never take any time to develop any awareness. Like, why don't I like where I am? Why am I heavy? Why? They're just like, you know what? I'm going to change it. I'm going to start a diet. I'm going to start exercising. Boom, let's go change this. When we move into intention before awareness, we're just throwing darts in the dark. Like we don't really know what's the problem, what's going on. We're just like, no, I think this might work. Let's try it. And so this process that you're talking about, I would say is first take the time to develop awareness because when you're aware, like you can start, like, let's go back to weight loss. You can start to understand that, oh, I weigh this much because I really like ice cream. Because you know what? When I get stressed, my go-to action is I binge watch Netflix and I eat ice cream. And we start to develop this awareness and all of a sudden it's like, oh, like what if I just stop eating ice cream? Maybe that means I don't even have to exercise. I don't even have to diet. Like I can just, your awareness has the power to change things. And then once you have awareness, that is when you can move to the next step of being intentional. Like, okay, now I understand what's going on here. Here's how I'm going to intentionally show up. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think that um, part of the awareness is the questioning of where did this come from? What happened? Where, like, when did I first start loving ice cream and using ice cream as a stress relief? Yeah. What am I trying to escape here? So, so I love, I love what um, just building that awareness. And I think the point that you referenced, I know there's some kind of scientific experiment where scientists shoot like wave particles and light and, or something yes. or light. And and it can either act as a wave or it can act as a particle. But when it's observed, it like changes. Yes. Into a particle. And you're just like, wait, every time we try and observe this, it's a particle. But when we don't observe it and we have the machine record it or whatever. It's a wave. So, so by the way, this is a real thing that yeah. I'm, I'm not the smartest dude ever, but I remember talking to the, my science teacher friend and he's like, dude, we have evidence of this in space. We have evidence of this in the ocean, like different things that within the last little while we have now been able to observe, observe them where we couldn't. And he's like space didn't exist out here until we could observe it. And that changed everything. He's like, we have data from the bottom of the ocean that now that we can observe it, things have changed down in the bottom of the ocean. And I, I'm not, I don't geek out on that like he does, yeah. but I think it's the same in our own life. Like There are things going on that if you simply develop awareness it will change your reality. And the things that don't change, like you're left with just a handful and now you can be intentional, but think of how hard it would be to like, just look at your reality and be like, I don't know what's wrong, but let's just change everything and see if that works. Yeah. Oh, now you just develop awareness and you're like, oh, almost everything's changed, but this one little thing, I'm going to go be intentional in that one area. Yeah. Now, let me just ask you, say, I feel like when you're starting a business, there's lots of things to do. And when you're trying to change anything in your life, like 
for some people, I have one client who's like, has challenges with time management, challenges with weight and like all these different habits. There's so much going on. And for you, is there anything that helped you in being able to just handle all the decisions or, or if you could recommend to someone, Hey, like, sure. There's a lot of things going on, but this is where you should focus your attention. Yeah. This is kind of where I'm at in my journey right now. And this, Hmm. so I feel like part of my job as a coach is to go through this journey and be an example of what's possible. Like Hmm. I'm in this journey just a step ahead of you. And right now in my journey, like you talked about as an entrepreneur, there's so many things to do. And I'm sure you've met enough coaches that a lot of coaches will be like, that's a thought. And they just instantly dismiss your thought. Like, oh, that's a thought. (laughs) My thing is like, there are a lot of things to do, but when I focus on all of those things, I feel fear, I feel overwhelmed and I don't show up the way that I want to in my business. And so the thing that I've found that better serves me is that I can trust that if I'm being who I want to be, I will do the things that align with my goal. And so for me, a lot of what I do, rather than looking at all the things that could be done in my business, I would rather focus on who am I being in my business How am I showing up as this intentional person? And I trust that the doing will fall into place. And for me, that's where kind of the model you talked about, like the circumstances, the thoughts, the feelings, the actions, the result. For me, the being is kind of a lump of what you think, how you feel, and what you do. And rather than focusing on, oh man, I need to create this offer and I need to email these people and I need to set up an email, whatever, like there's all of these doings that you could focus on, but it's far more powerful to focus on, no, this is my way of being and all the other things will start to fall into place. And I feel like the model can help you be who you want to be by really developing some awareness and some intentionality around, oh, here's my thoughts. Here's how I feel. Here's what I do. And you can start to be intentional, like, oh, when my focus is on these thoughts, this is how I feel. This is how I act. And these are my results. I'm going to shift my focus to these thoughts. Now I feel different. And so the powerful thing about really focusing on who you're being is that it's For me, it's easier. It's one thing. Oh, I'm my way of being in my business is I over deliver. I constantly offer value. Like for me, just understanding this way of being that helped me launch my own podcast. It helped me create different programs because I don't have to do all these things. I just have to continue being this person who helps people and is confident and puts himself out there. Is that, that. That's yeah. kind of a weird concept. Does it make sense? No, it, it does make sense. And in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, yeah. How, how does that look? Cause a lot of times we get into like theory and as, as coaches, it's so easy to just like know this lingo for the Joe Smith out there. That's, that's uh, trying to build a business. Right. It's like, 
to put that, to put being into terms that say, look, when you wake up in the morning, when you think about just the person that you want to be in life, when you think about the business that you're trying to create, who do you want to be in that business? And answering that question, it's like, okay, who do I want to be? I want to be the kind of person that does over-deliver. And I love that part that you mentioned for your own business, because when you are a entrepreneur and your whole focus is to serve, your whole focus is to find some people, provide a product, to provide a program, provide a service of some sort to help them. And you're just constantly looking for ways to help people and just showing up as the person that says, you know, I don't know what's going to happen today, but I just want to make sure that I help people in my unique way. Yeah. And I just keep showing If I wake up in the morning and I tell myself that I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know exactly, maybe exactly what I want to do, or I can just choose to believe God is going to help me figure out exactly how I need to serve people today. And I might just listen. Cause I love the idea of using prayer and using connection to God and to Christ as a way to receive revelation for your business or for whatever you want to do. Because if you're asking and you're just asking the question in a more of a ponderous way, I think there's a difference between just thinking of a, of a question and then like thinking heavenward and going internally and, and asking just like, okay, Heavenly Father, like what, uh, how can I be someone that over delivers and just serves? Who can I serve today? Help me yeah. to see them. And all of a sudden we just like start to gain insight and start to do things that uh, align with that kind of, I guess you would put it, it's like way of being, way yeah. of showing up, way of thinking and feeling and, and doing in a different way. So let me give you an example that isn't even related to coaching. I feel like, yeah, or entrepreneurship, I feel like real world examples sometimes help clarify things. Um, a few months ago, we're driving from the city to our house out in the country. And I saw two bald eagles up in the sky. Uh, I learned later they're actually mating, doing their weird bald eagle thing. But I saw these two bald eagles and my, at the time, five-year-old was like, dad, how do you always see bald eagles? And I thought, man, that is a really good question. How do I always, like, I'm always the first person to see him. And I'm like, oh, ooh, there it is. And as I explored that, I realized for me, it's a way of being. I love bald eagles. I just, from a very young age, I've always been fascinated. And so like seeing bald eagles for me, isn't something I do. It's something I am like, as we're driving every bird I see, I'm like, Oh, I think no too small. Oh, I think, oh, no, it doesn't have a white head. It's just a way of being. I am constantly looking for bald eagles. And as a result of that, I always see bald eagles. I'm the first one to see them. I just notice them. And I think a lot of times in our businesses, we get focused on the doing. And we're like, oh, how can I do that? Like, maybe I'll just look more often. But you see this again in weight loss. I love this example of people are like, okay, if I do this thing, if I start the diet, if I start, mm -hmm. like if I do all the things then I'll have the weight loss and then I'll be this healthy person. The more powerful place to start is 
I'm a healthy person. And because I'm a healthy person, this is what I do. And now that you do that, you then have the weight loss. And so back to the bald eagle thing, like when it becomes a way of being, it will impact what you do. But if you're simply focused on what you're doing, it doesn't change who you're being. And you're always going to go back to your old ways of being unless you change who you're being. Yeah. So really just all your way of being is, is pretty much where you put your focus, where your attention is. And that completely impacts who you are, how you feel about yourself, how you act. So that would be kind of a real world example yeah. of being another another way i might put this is uh if you've ever read atomic habits james clear starts out by saying that one of the key to habit creation is not necessarily the process of you know cue trigger whatever do the action yeah. you know but more so identity And so there's being, and then there's identity. And those two for me are kind of like the same kind of idea. And, and so do you identify as someone who can figure things out? Yep. Do you figure, do do you identify as someone who um, over delivers and gives the very best that they have to give wherever they are? Um, And the thing is you can choose what you want to identify as. It's like, I could start today. I could just say, you know what? I'm a person who um, I find by bald eagles. It's like, I just, that's, I love being able to see them. I love being able to find them. That's part of who I am. I love it. And you could take the same thing. as just like, I attract clients. Like clients want what I have to offer. And I know that I can follow the spirit and make decisions based on that guidance and that God will lead me in the right ways. Like I know that he'll provide. Yeah. And then we can just go and, and you can just live as that kind of person that believes that and it will change. It will change the way you show up, which is what, you know, what you're talking about, Ben here is just when you do believe that, when you change the way you're being, when you change your identity, when you change the thoughts and the feelings and the actions and all that together is who you are. That is your being. You change yeah. all that, you get different results. Like I said, I've, I'm actually coaching this in the current program that I'm offering. And I just, I wrote down a list of ways of being that I'm trying to be in my own life. I want to be coachable. I want to be responsible. I want to be someone who asks powerful questions. I want to be patient, like right here, my attention shifted to my teenager and I'm coaching high school football. I want to be patient. I want to be curious. I want to understand the teenagers. I want to be respectful. I want to be kind. For me, when I shifted my focus, like I I still love the model and I use it Mm. all the time, but sometimes it's a little much for my brain. But when I can just focus on ways of being And then I can practice being that person in my coaching practice. 
I teach this concept, by the way, this is one that like, I've talked to you guys about the model. I stole that yeah. from Brick Castillo. Talked yeah. to you guys about the be, do, have model. I stole that, stole that from Jim Fortin. Right. I'm about to teach you something that Tyson's going to steal from <laughs> me because it's mine. But I teach my clients this concept of the wheel of life. And I learned this while I was on my mission in Argentina. I turned 20 years old. And for some reason, I hit this quarter life crisis. I was like, why am I on a mission? What am I? I'm wasting my, I've wasted a quarter of my life. For some reason, I thought I was going to die at 80. <laughs> and this wise little Argentine, he's like, hey, what's going on? And I'm, like, I'm just down. And he's like, oh, yeah, you're on the bottom of the wheel. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, Americans think that time is a line. And I was like, yeah, that's why we call it a timeline. He's like, no, life is a wheel. And sometimes you're on the top of the wheel and sometimes you're on the bottom of the wheel. He's like, have you ever been run over by a wheel? And I was like, oh yeah, well, I was hauling hay out in South Jordan when I was a kid. I got my foot too close to the trailer, got run over. He's like, it hurt. He's like, yeah, when you're on the bottom of the wheel, it sucks. But the beauty is that the wheel is constantly turning. You never stay on the bottom. And this is powerful when you teach teenagers because teenagers, some days are on the top of the wheel and they're like, I'm amazing. I'm great. And then they're down the next day and they're like, what's wrong with me? I was happy yesterday. So when it comes to practicing being who you want to be, this wheel of life is a powerful tool to use to practice. When you're on the top of the wheel, and this is similar to when Brooke Castillo teaches that life is 50-50, but when I teach that when you're on the top of the wheel, that is the time to be preparing for when you're going to be on the bottom of the wheel. And part of my coaching practice, I coach kids that are athletes. I'm coaching for my local high school football team. Like a lot of what we do we do it when it's easy. Like we do reps against air or against a bag. And all we're doing is preparing while it's easy for when it's hard, for when you're going against a guy that's bigger, faster, stronger than you. And when it comes to your way of being, really get clear on who you want to be. Because when you master your way of being, you're going to be the same, whether you're on the top of the wheel or you're on the bottom of the wheel and life sucks. And when you're on the top of the wheel, you can identify, oh, my kids are behaving. My business is going great. I just made a lot of money. I'm on the top of the wheel. And that is a perfect time to practice being who you want to be the next time you're on the bottom of the wheel. Mm -hmm. And then when you get to the bottom of the wheel and you're down and all the yeses that you had talked to their husband and their husband said, does that happen? <laughs> In my niche, that's like the big objection. Oh, I talked to my husband. He said, no. And you identify you're on the bottom of the wheel. And that's when you just simply revert back to being who you practiced anyways, while you're on the top of the wheel. And I promise you guys, this will help you start being who you want to be all the time. When things are going great, when things aren't going great, you're just going to use both extremes and anything in between to practice the way of being. And I'll tell you, I'm getting really good at it. Um, we had my son's birthday. And then about three weeks later, we had my daughter's birthday. And I remember both times thinking, man, life is good. I'm on the top of the wheel. I'm going to practice being patient. And a couple weeks later, 
my teenager was being a knucklehead. I was hungry and grumpy and hangry. And just, I remember being like, wait a second, I'm on the bottom of the wheel. I should practice what I was practicing two weeks ago and be patient. And I promise you guys, you can apply this in your business. You can apply it to parenting. You can apply it to weight loss. Practice being who you want to be. And the better you get at being the person of your dreams, the better you're going to be when you're on top of the wheel and when you're on the bottom of the wheel, you will simply be who you want to be. I love that. Another example that came to mind is, I don't know when this first developed for me, but I'm decent at a lot of different sports and games and quick on my feet and, and, and whatnot. And, and at some point I just developed this idea that just like, I win, like I just win. It's just who I am. It's just who I am being. And I mean, I win a lot, but when I lose, if I'm on, like, we could say, okay, if I lose, then I'm on the bottom of the wheel or whatever. But even when I lose, I'm just like, oh, that's just a little. That's just a fluke. That's just a fluke. Yeah. <laughs> they got lucky. That's a, that's, they got lucky. Just like, I mean, I win. I still win a, a majority of the time. And, and by believing that, I do win a lot. Yeah. And just like you said, that you know, the brain is programmed to find what it's looking for, what you put in. And so if you were to put in, it's like, I attract clients, like people like me. All of a sudden, you're just going to go around. You're going to act as if someone that people like. You're going to act as someone that wins. You're yeah. going to show up that way. And you don't let the, the loss of any game or any upset or anyone that says no to your service or your program or your product, you don't let that no phase you because people like you, they want to work with you. You have something valuable to offer. And so that's just a, a real, I love that. And I also love the idea that because it's a wheel, you know, we could, you might even call it, it's like, it's the law of the wheel because yeah. no matter what, no matter where you are, if you are experiencing the low, the wheel always turns always. So there is always going to be up from there. Yeah. And so you can actually expect right now, wherever you are, you can expect that things will get better and believe that and trust that. And I think that that believing that at least allows you to have some space to get the creative ideas flowing, to like get yourself out of the wheel because you're just like, oh, if this is, if I'm at the bottom of the wheel, it's only looking up. Yeah. And when you're at the top of the wheel, kind of enjoying it and being present. Mm -hmm. but also practicing for when you're on the bottom, because you know, nothing lasts, nothing will stay the same. Yeah. One other thing I'd like to add, you kind of asked about for new entrepreneurs. I think a lot of time when I was starting out, I would focus on things outside of my control. Like, oh, will this person say yes? Will they say no? I feel like when you look at the wheel of life teaching, you have to let go of all the things outside of your control and just bring that focus in to the one thing that you can control, which is you and how you're going to be in that moment. And the thing that I love about it, like, I don't know if you ever experienced this, but I'd like have a month that was really good. And then I'd have two months that sucked. And then I'd kind of wallow and have a pity party. And I'd have like a month where I did nothing. And my business was just stagnant. 
when you own where you are on the wheel and how you show up, nothing in the past really matters. Like you can decide, oh, you know what? Today, here's where I'm at and here's how I'm going to be. And you can just instantly turn things around. And in my personal coaching, so I primarily work with parents of teenagers. Most parents come to me and they're focused on their teenagers or their teenagers' grades or their behavior or something outside of the parent's control. And when they shift that focus to what they can control and their way of being, they start feeling empowered. And I've had so many parents tell me, I can't believe how much better things are and how much better I feel simply because I'm in control of who I am and how I show up. And the same is true for your business. When you're starting out, if you feel overwhelmed, if you just feel stressed, maybe a lot of self-doubt, I guarantee you, your focus is on things outside of your control. When you get to that point, identify where you're at on the wheel, probably on the bottom, and really decide, how do I want to be right now? And start being that person. It will put you in the driver's seat because now rather than trying to control things outside of your control, you're simply controlling yourself, what you can control. And that is the most powerful place that you can work from. Right. You know, or recognizing that, hey, you know, if I start to just identify or become aware that I am at the bottom of the wheel, that there's also this version of me that like that is at the top. And what would if I was at the top of the wheel, what would I be thinking and feeling? And, and what if I just start being that version of me? But, and this is just maybe another way of practicing, you know, yeah. how can we practice being the person that's at the top of the wheel, even when, though we're at the bottom? So yeah. I love that. I recently learned from another coach, he had a rope and he's like, yeah, most of us think we're at point A. And to get to point B, like the rope was all stretched out. He's like, we have to travel this distance. And he's like, the quickest way to get to point B, and then he touched both ends and like the rope sagged in between. And he's like, is to just start being who you want to be at point B. And like my mind blew. Yeah. I was like, oh, all of the doing that I was focused on, like, oh, I'm at point A, I have to do all these things. To You can bypass so much of that by simply being who you want to be today. Don't wait until you lose 20 pounds. Don't wait until your business makes a bazillion dollars. No, start being that person today. Yeah, I love that. Okay, one last question for you. How has building a business strengthened your relationship with Christ? I love that question. I feel like one of the areas is that Christ wants me to do this and the better I get at doing this, the better relationship I have with Christ, and the better relationship I have with Christ, the better I get at doing what he wants me to do. Mm. And so it's kind of this circle that as I get closer to him, I get better at doing my business. And as I get better at doing my business, I get closer to him. Also, this is probably kind of unique to me because I do parenting coaching, but I use Christ as an example all the time. And a lot of what I teach, like, I believe if you look at Christ, I, in the scriptures, it says all the time, I am 
Like, that's just a way of being. Mm-hmm. Like, I am the savior. I am all of this stuff. He does not focus on anything outside of his control, which we think, oh, well, he's a God. Like he controls everything. No, he doesn't. Like he signed an agreement. Guys, you have your agency. I will not control you. And yet he intentionally shows up perfectly as being the way that he wants to be. And so as I teach these concepts, I feel like, oh, this is an eternal principle. When we can be who we want to be, that's like, you're constantly that person. It doesn't matter if you're on the top of the wheel, on the bottom of the wheel, anywhere in between, you just are who you are. And so I, I feel like my relationship with Christ has just really solidified lately because I feel like I know him better and I don't feel like he knows me any better, but I feel like I'm starting to understand just how well he does know me and just how much he does care about me and how much we're in this journey together. So I love that you asked that because I would say my relationship with him is my favorite part of being an entrepreneur right now and just really feeling like, Hey, I can't lose. Like I'm on Jesus's team. Like they should make a movie about this. Like not like space jam with Michael or LeBron, but like you got Jesus on your team. Like you're not going to lose. Just trust him. I love that. Yeah. And you know, there are times where I've believed, you know, I've like intentionally thought that, um, you know, much like the savior, tells his disciples, you know, go without purse or script, you know, go without a hotel, go without whatever, just go serve, be who you are. Yes. Be be who you are and, and know that that's enough. Yeah. Before we started, I guess we were recording, but I talked about the story um, of like the sparrow in the field and God just takes care of them. I really believe that God will take care of me and all I have to do is show up and be who I want to be. And just me being who I am, I provide service. I provide this huge value and the Lord takes care of me. Uh, That has been by far a more powerful place to work from than constantly worrying about like, man, did I make enough this much? And Am I bringing in enough and just trusting? And like, don't worry about, oh, am I bringing in enough? I choose to concern myself. Am I being me? Am I being intentional about how I show up? Because I can control that much better than I can control whether or not clients say yes or no. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, so much good stuff here. And just appreciate you coming on here, Ben. Uh, if people want to work with you, since, you know, they may have teenagers, they may have, you know, their own challenges with their own children, but if they want to learn more about you, where would you send them? First place I'd send them would be to my podcast. Mm -hmm. It's called impact parenting with perspective. And I do a weekly podcast. I give you Everything that I do in my one-on-one coaching is just through my podcast. And then from there, probably the best place, you can go check me out on my website, benpewcoaching.com. 
and hop on a free consultation with me. Uh, depending on when you're listening, I open up a six month parenting program and it's closed right now, but I do have a membership that I run with Joey Massio. I believe he was on your podcast yeah. recently. Yeah. And we host a membership for parents. And if you go hop on a free consultation, I can point you wherever you want to go. Uh, just benpewcoaching.com, probably the easiest place to find me. Awesome. Love it. All right, Ben, thanks for meeting here and we will talk to you later. All right. Talk to you later. Hey there, before we wrap up, just want to let you know that if you are interested in any of the things that we talked about in this podcast, you can click on the description. There should be a link that will direct you exactly to the page where all of the extra links and resources, books, uh, Ben's website, all those things will be there. And other than that, I just want to share with you that we need help in this life. And you may not think you need help, but if you are struggling in any way, if you're having a hard time with relationships with your spouse, if you want to be better with your kids, if you want to create more balance and more time, if you want to create a business but you just can't do it, if you want to make more of your life, you know that you want more, but you don't currently have it. So if there's a gap in your life, you need help. God placed us all here to help each other. And so if you don't work with me, work with someone. Get someone to help you. Get someone outside of you that can help you understand where you are, that cannot be in your life, and in your problems that can see something objectively. Because when we are swimming in our own water, we don't see it. And that's the problem. And that's why coaches, mentors are super helpful. I am happy to be that person for you. And if you know that that is what you want, then I invite you to set up a time with me. You can go to entrepreneursofchrist.com and you'll find a place where you can schedule a call, strategy call, discovery call, a time where I can just help you with wherever you're at, okay? So if you want to honor who you really are, if you have dreams, if you have desires that have not been met, go to entrepreneursofchrist.com, schedule a time to meet. I know I can help you because I've helped Lots of other people have lots of amazing tools that can guide you and change you. All right. So that's all I've got for you today, folks. My brethren, we will talk to you later. See ya.